0: Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today we have another amazing author from Faces of Mental Illness joining us, Christine Lavulo. She is a certified professional success coach, best-selling author, motivational speaker, and success principles trainer. Christina's has had a successful corporate career as well as her own business ventures, but her biggest passion lies in helping women reclaim their true identity, find their life purpose, and create a beautiful life founded on her relationship formula. Because the most important thing in life is our relationships with self, higher power, family, and friends. This is where Christine t- truly shines. She has an extensive tool belt, She's worked with legends such as Jack Canfield and John Maxwell and has been employed by Franklin Covey. She's a firm believer in personal development as a part of her self-care routine. Life is all about progress, not perfection. She's been married to her husband, Clawson for over 23 years and has five sons, one daughter-in-law, two grandsons, three granddaughters, and two granddogs to date. She loves to dance and dances as often as she can, especially enjoying the opportunities to dance with her high school alumni drill team. To find out more about hiring Christine to speak anywhere or learn more about her, visit her website at christinelavulo.com or find her on any social media channel. She would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for being here with us.
1: Thank you, Sam. It's great to be here.
0: You were the first to sign up and be a part of this project. And your chapter is real and raw. And thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, talking about mental health and making more awareness around it is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, a strong passion of mine. So when I saw the opportunity, I knew I had to jump on it and start getting involved in this project. Uh,
0: your your chapter is honest and deep, as they all are, but you really went there. And uh, <laughs> what would you like to share with listeners? It's
1: Well, I think, you know, I mean, a little background quickly. I, I come from a family history of mental health problems or challenges, I should say. And um, My grandma was diagnosed with manic depressive disorder when she was, I would say, in her 30s. And then I have a brother that was undiagnosed with bipolar disorder for a very long time. My mom had taken him to a therapist for some issues when he was young. And the therapist basically said, he just wants a bike, buy him a bike. And it kind of created the cycle of my parents trying to give him everything he wanted to keep him calm and rational and help soothe him. And then as I got older, I started recognizing that I had a lot of depression and I always thought it was circumstantial, but then all of a sudden it hit me in a time when my life was really good. And I couldn't understand why I could feel this way when I was happily married, I had a good job, we were doing fine. We had great children and that's kind of when it hit me that maybe my depression wasn't just a result of what I was going through, but actually a clinical issue and, um, went and got diagnosed and took Prozac for a while. And for me, that almost created a situation where I felt like I no longer had any emotion. And mm-hmm. so I kind of went on a journey of trying to find ways that I could better care for myself and deal with my depression in a way that didn't involve me feeling like I'm not me which some people medication works amazingly well for them. Other people, it does make them feel different or out of body or not themselves. And I think everybody's journey is different and everybody's got to find what works for them. And I think that's the most frustrating part, (laughs) you know, for my son, they would try to, um, my son was diagnosed with bipolar. He, he started showing signs of it when he was about six from some traumatic experience he'd gone through and finally in high school, we took him to get diagnosed And they tried a whole bunch of different, you know, cocktails to try to get him to feel better. But it's like he just never felt right. Either he was exhausted or he was hyped up or he didn't feel like he was even in his body. And so, you know, that was kind of another thing that fueled my desire to go find some other tools and ways that we could cope with that and find ways to manage. Because we know mental illness is never cured. I wish there was a cure for it. Everybody does, but it's just one of those things that you learn how to manage and you determine skills and tools and ways that work for you that help you to ride through the hard times. And sometimes things aren't as hard and sometimes they're incredibly hard, but as long as we have those things, we can keep going back to, and we have a strong support system. We can kind of rise up and, and get through anything.
0: Have you always been open about it and with, with others?
1: Um, I think when I was younger, it was kind of more like, oh, I feel sad. I'm kind of down about this. And so once I got diagnosed with, with clinical depression, yeah, I have been, um, mainly because I felt like it was always something that I didn't understand why there was so much, um, stigma around it and why people had these weird ideas. I mean, I, and of course, maybe growing up in a family that had a lot of mental illness, it was normal to me, (laughs) you know? Um, But seeing the way people responded to some of the challenges that my brother and my son had with them having bipolar disorder. I think depression sometimes isn't as stigmatized quite as much as bipolar. We hear it being used as just a general term all the time of, oh, the weather's bipolar. Oh, this is bipolar. And oh, that person must be bipolar. And and it kind of started getting to me a little bit that people were throwing this around so flippantly, but yet if somebody actually had bipolar disorder, they were completely shut out. People didn't want to deal with them sometimes, you know, um, or try to understand what that person was going through. And so I feel like it's just been this path that I've been on that I want to help people to understand, because if you have an experience, it can be hard to understand, you know, and Absolutely. Yeah. And physical ailments, you know, somebody has cancer, they're sick, you can see them most of the time and see that they're sick. You know, there's a lot of physical illness that is very obvious. And so people are a lot more understanding. And there's also physical illness that's not as obvious, like if autoimmune diseases, and those people deal with a lot of the same stigmas as mental health issues as well, because it's not so obvious. People think they're faking or they don't, you know, Don't want to really understand. And so I think the more we can kind of break down those walls and barriers and help people try to step in other people's shoes and see things from a different perspective, the more I think we'll have a more stable world, you know, hopefully less suicide as people feel like, oh, I can get help without being judged, or I can talk to somebody without feeling like I'm going to be persecuted or that I'm weird or something's wrong with me, but that this is just a part of our human anatomy that some people deal with and some people don't. And, you know, different traumas create more challenges for some and less, and it doesn't for others. It's all just part of our experience that we get to have on this journey called life.
0: (laughs) That's, you know, that's, we are hoping this becomes a movement of all of the authors, you know, and myself and Claudia are passionate about letting people know that we are the faces, like we are people that you run into on the street every right. day, we don't have horns, we don't look any different. <laughs> We've had our tough times, but we're, you know, we we have learned how to use our tools and work through them. Like we want people to know that they're not alone. And if you are listening and struggling, please try to tune out all the other outside noise, because you know you best. And we are here <laughs> to help you through it and let you know that the world is where the thinking backwards
1: is not with you. Right. Right. I love that. I love how you explain that. Cause it is, it's, it's something that I don't even understand how it became so stigmatized, I guess the early years where they really didn't understand what was going on with people.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think it makes people uncomfortable, which is why also why we're talking about it. We want you to ask us questions and have discussions so you can learn, but that is, is kind of shut down in a lot of places it's not talked about in corporates or in schools and that's what Mm -hmm. needs to happen because this is everywhere if it doesn't affect you it will be affecting someone you know
1: for sure and I love how you pointed that out like with education this is something that needs to really go into mainstream education and to me with the use of the internet most of the information we had to learn as kids you can have ready access to. I mean, so do we need to go through that many years of history? Do we need to go through that many years of science, but have no understanding of how the human mind works, you know, and and no understanding of how to have social skills and how to have coping mechanisms and management tools. Like we're just never taught those things. And I think it's, this was actually a conversation we had on Facebook the other day about the things they teach in school and how it needs to shift. And and one of the commenters said, well, I think parents should be teaching these things. And I'm like, wait a second. First of all, the p- previous generations weren't taught this. How are they going to pass it on to their kids if they were never taught? And furthermore, we're in a society where people are working themselves to death just to stay above water financially. So, you know, we're, we're kind of have a really challenging society that I think is further fueling more mental health crisis because America is just go, go, go earn, 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 work your butt off. Everything's raising your wages, aren't raising. So now you're getting a second job. I mean, there's just a lot of things that go on that create a lot of um, stress, a lot of fear, you know, which, which further perpetuates a mental health crisis. So I think if they could change things in the education system and really start looking at how do we teach people to live in life, not just give them facts. They need to learn. I mean, I think learning the basics is important. You need to learn math. You need to learn English. And I think you need to have a foundation, but 12 years of the same thing over and over again, without ever learning any kind of success principles, without learning any kind of mental health awareness, without learning about self-care, why aren't we teaching meditation? You know, there's just so many tools that we know are valuable that the education system is so, so far behind in adopting. It'd be nice to start there. (laughs)
0: unintentionally the world teaches the opposite boys right. don't cry, shake it off, get back on the field. If you're an athlete, there are so many messages that we hear right. and we need to be taught that it's okay to feel your feelings. That's why I've asked if you've always been open about this because many, many people aren't. And I think we would all agree in this project that that's part of what has helped us accept and embrace And Mm -hmm. live with it, live with it successfully because we're not hiding it or ashamed of
1: it or resisting it. Well, and I think especially I'm glad to see that there's some male authors in this because I think women are a little bit more vulnerable and willing to put it out there. I think because society has perpetuated this idea for men that you can't you can't cry, you have to be the you know, perfect person, the breadwinner, everything falls on the man's shoulders in society in a lot of ways. And so. I think a lot of times men have a harder time admitting that they are struggling with this and therefore they get less help for it. Um, having mostly brothers and all sons, I've really seen this in my life. Um, my my brother that struggles the most with bipolar, I mean, he just is in denial about it completely, doesn't believe he's got a problem and just self-medicates. And then my oldest son, you know, like I said, we got him diagnosed in high school, but you know, when he talks to people and explains, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. And I have bipolar disorder. They're like, Oh, you don't have bipolar. This doesn't look like bipolar. I know people who've had bipolar. This is, you don't have that. And so it gets really hard when you try to be vulnerable and then people don't listen or, you know, or believe you. And then you're like, why did I bother trying to explain myself, you know, or trying to explain what I'm going through. And so I think that's another nice thing of breaking down these barriers and breaking the stigmas is that depression doesn't look the same for everybody. Bipolar doesn't look the same for everybody. Borderline personality disorder doesn't look the same for everybody. You know, and if you've had a negative experience with somebody who has a mental health challenge, that doesn't mean you that everybody with that mental health challenge you're going to have. I mean, we have personalities at play too, right? (laughs) And we have backgrounds and upbringings and different things that all go into who everybody is. And so to judge that everybody with this disorder is going to be like this is really unfair. And so I love that we're kind of helping them see that nothing shows up the same for everybody. And I love that you brought up men. We have
0: some amazing chapters, amazing men in this project that are sharing, but there are some men that didn't want to because of their yeah. careers or the concern of what colleagues would think and we we specifically wanted people willing to share their faces. So there yeah. were people who did ask if they could do it anonymously and and we hope everyone listening is understanding that talking about it is the way through it and the way to normalize it and make it more mm-hmm. conversational and less judgmental.
1: Right. Like I I mean we think about ADHD and you know I have a lot of um, almost all my sons have ADHD. <laughs> and so for them School is very difficult. Um, One of my sons, I even let drop out of school when he was in ninth grade, because it was so traumatic for him to deal with the way the school system was for him. We tried medication that made him feel weird. He didn't like it. Um, And he's a dancer. And so that was where his outlet was. And as long as he could go dance, he could cope. He could deal, He he could slow down his mind. He could get things to function and work properly. And he could make sense of everything that was happening. But if he has too much pressure, that throws him in kind of a tailspin and that's how his management is. And so having that to be said, there's so many people who've accomplished so much and it's because their mind works this way that they're able to accomplish so much. Like it doesn't have to be a, a detriment. It doesn't have to be a handicap. It can actually be a really good thing if you learn how to use it for your benefit. I mean, every single thing that goes on in our mind can be a blessing as much as it can be a curse, depending on what we choose to use it for, how we choose to manage it, how we choose to deal with it. I mean, I think that people being willing to share their stories is gonna help people understand that we're functional. (laughs) You know, we're functional. We actually are very accomplished just because we have this challenge that we have to overcome every day, you know? And so I think it'll be good because I think there are a lot of stigmas that people who struggle with mental illness are unproductive and can't get anything done and they're always sad and they're always this and they're always that and so kind of breaking it down and saying yeah those days happen there's days where I can't get out of bed (laughs) you know I just need downtime that's just my my mo it's what I have to do to to make sure the next day I can get up and do what I need to do but kind of normalizing what coping mechanisms are out there so that more people are understanding if somebody needs a day off
0: and we can't share our coping mechanisms with each other if we
1: aren't having these conversations. Yes, exactly. And I think as people read this, I think little by little, they'll start to be like, oh, that's something I could try. Oh, that's something I can incorporate. So I'm hoping it really will open up that conversation and people will start seeing that there are ways to overcome. If, you know, yeah, we can't cure it, but we can overcome it. You know, it might be every single day we're overcoming. But that's okay. It's just a matter of staying in the game, staying in your body, continuing forward and doing the best that you can. And that's, that's all we can any of us can do, you know, it's just do the best that we can and, and um, I, I have seen too many people lost to suicide. And that's the biggest thing I hope we can do with this movement besides normalizing it and helping people just feel more secure and saying, hey, this is my challenge, this is how I deal with it and kind of getting the help that they need. I really hope we can open up that conversation so that people who feel like they've lost hope can find hope again.
0: Absolutely. And so that, so how can people contact you if they love your story and you give them hope? How can, I'll read the website again at the end and it will be in the show notes, but where are you? And
1: um, well, and I'm, I'm local in Salt Lake City, Utah, but of course with technology nowadays, if somebody's outside of Salt Lake, they can definitely reach out to me. I have my website, christinelabulo.com But also, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for people to give me a call, send me a text 801-898-2744. Um, you know, we can, we can have a conversation and see, you know, if, if I have tools and resources that I can share with you, I'm happy to do so. I think that um, one of the things that I have done that I've found is very beneficial is changing the way I eat. And when I when I incorporate it, it works really well. Um, I, at one point I had completely cut out refined sugar, white flour. I tried to eat a low glycemic diet as much as possible. And I noticed that, and then I supplemented. I noticed fish oil is a really good supplement for mental health. Um, I used some really high quality supplements with vitamins, minerals, fish oil. And I have to say that that year that I was really disciplined, it became really easy. It was hard at first, but it became really easy. And that year that I was disciplined, honestly, I didn't have a single day that I was depressed. I didn't have a single day where I really struggled to where I felt that way. You know what I mean? It's not that I didn't have bad days and I didn't kind of feel like, oh, this sucks and this is crappy, but I didn't have the way I feel when I feel depressed. I didn't feel the doom and gloom and, and hopelessness that sometimes I feel. So I will say that among other things, that's one of the things that's been really beneficial for me is to manage my diet. And when I don't manage it, which it can be challenging, (laughs) I definitely notice the difference. And when I eat a lot of sugar, I notice I, tend to have a really bad day the next day and feel, you know, a little bit less helpful. It's and so, so
0: true. And and we live in an over medicated world. So yeah, people, we really if, do. you know, people who are nervous about medication, there are so many alternatives to medication that you can try. You know, medication is great for some people. It's yeah. not a life sentence, but appetite and diet and nutrition is one of the it simplest, not easy, but right. simplest changes that you can make and have immediate results. That's a great point. Right.
1: Exactly. And I feel like there's I feel like our bodies and our minds were created in such an amazing way. And they're meant to work and function for our benefit. However, the worlds in you know the things we put in our diet and our environment and trauma we go through and all these different things I think are kind of what create these challenges, whether they're physical or mental. And so I feel like if we can go back to kind of more the way we were created to eat a little bit more whole foods, you know, what's natural as much as possible, make sure we're getting the nutrition we need. And then also, I feel like, um, I, I do some energy work. I get energy work done. And for me, that pushes out a lot of the, maybe the emotions I've been hanging on to that are a little bit stuck in my, my energy field. I know that's really woo woo, but it's worked for me. And sometimes I feel like that's the number one thing that saved my life is, is having that work done and, and being able to process those emotions that maybe I didn't even realize were holding me back so much in my life and that I was still holding on to the acupuncture, Reiki. There's so mm-hmm. many natural so many. options that cranial sacral therapy. That's, that's been a lifesaver for me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of holistic means. And sometimes it's, all you know, all medication is what works sometimes all holistic, is what works. Sometimes it's a combination of everything. And so I hope as people go through these stories and see what other people have done, they can kind of create their own formula.
0: (laughs) You have, um, two big, like two, you have another project right before this one, which is really exciting. (laughs) Same publisher, same (laughs) community.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. So I, I decided to team up with Kate Butler again and do women who shine in her inspired women impact series. And I know you've done some of the books as well. Um, I did women who empower with her and that was awesome experience. And I think I decided to do women who shine because I think that we all have a light that is meant to be shined. We all have unique talents and skills and abilities and a unique purpose. And a lot of us are so afraid to let that shine. It's like, we almost have this belief that we, either aren't good enough or that we don't want to make other people feel less than around us. But yet if we all let our light shine, nobody's going to feel less than right. Cause none of us are less than or better than we're all just equal with different skills, talents, abilities, and trials and challenges. I mean, nobody's better than anybody. We're just all dealing with different circumstances. So I love that project and to be able to um, encourage people to let their life shine, light shine, really find what makes you, 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 and allow everybody to see that uniqueness and find your purpose and really pursue it. And I think that goes along with mental health. I think if we know who we really are and we know what our purpose is, it gives us that sense of belonging and it gives us that desire and that drive to move forward and fulfill that purpose. And so if we have that sense of purpose, I think that can make a go a long way for us. I think that can go a long way for our, our mental health. And I think it go go a long way for our contribution to the world as well.
0: So what's the launch? It's funny that you mentioned women who shine because I was in women who illuminate. So shine. Your right. shine I, your know, light. I love and it. Very similar. <laughs> the messages, probably I can't, it's August,
1: right. August 25th. It'll be released on Amazon. We're really excited about it. So hopefully um, anybody who hears this before then will mark that date on your calendar and jump on Amazon and purchase women who shine on August 25th by Kate Butler books. Um, Kate's books are just amazing what she's done and how she's brought people together to do these works and to collaborate. It's been such an incredible experience. And I, even though I kind of knew you through the Canfield community, I think that's what really pulled us together was you talking about this book and that actually is how I ended up doing Women Who Empower and Women Who Shine was, but it started with faces of mental illness. <laughs> so kind of funny how it's all come full circle.
0: Yeah. Kate's community is incredible. If you have a story, if any of this speaks mm-hmm. to you, if it's about mental health or anything, you can connect with either of us and we'll put Kate's info in the show notes also. Thank you so, yes. so, so much. Any last words?
1: Um, I would just say, stay in your body, hang in there. Nothing um, is the end. I always think of, there's a song, sorry, I'm rambling a little. <laughs> there's a song I like to listen to when I'm having a hard day And it's called, um, the sun is shining. Oh, the sun is rising. I'm sorry. It's the sun is rising and it is by brandy. Let me look and see if I can find it. Sorry. But all of a sudden this just came to me and I feel like if it's coming to me, I need to share it. Oh, it's by Brit Nicole. The sun is rising by Brit Nicole. And to me that gives me a message and reminds me that no matter how dark it might be right now, the sun is going to rise. No matter how dark you might feel inside yourself, the sun is going to rise. It's going to get better. It always gets better. I mean, I've had some really dark, dark nights um, where I I really didn't know if I could go on. But that reminder that the morning's going to come, the sun's going to shine, something good is going to come my way, one way or another. Excuse me. That's really helped me, you know that's really carried me through some of those, those really hard times.
0: That's an amazing point. And you are not alone. Anyone who needs support (laughs) our community, reach out to any of us find a community that you feel safe in because you can't get through it alone. You're not alone yes. and you don't have to. There's support available. So thank you again so much. Until thank next you, time, everyone listening, you can find Christine at christinelavulo.com. That'll be in the show notes. And until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hab community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.